wherever you may be listening from, from YouTube, Spotify, or otherwise, this is the ProShot Podcast. And with us this afternoon, we have a very special guest from CBC and Saga 960, the voice of the Mississauga Steelheads, Matt Cullen. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking time. You're a busy guy covering uh, the Blue Jays. I know they are trying to find a home right now, but I saw you on CBC doing that. So you're a busy guy, and we really appreciate you doing this. Oh, today, um, uh, today was a busy day, and the Blue Jays are going to be in Buffalo, it looks like, for the rest of the summer or whatever you want today. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much again. Um, well, the first question uh, for you. Uh, I know we talked a bit uh, a few months ago when the OHL season was still on, and you mentioned how you used to be a, a hockey player yourself. You played goalie, if I'm right? Correct. Yeah. Good memory. Yeah. I played some, uh, played some goalie growing up in Vancouver where I went to high school. Okay. Okay. Um, what made you want to go from covering the net to covering the game itself? Um, it's a great question. I mean, I think that, uh, all kids playing hockey, they want to, uh, they want to try and make it into the NHL. And, uh, certainly when I was in high school, that was, uh, that was my number one goal. I was pretty, pretty keen on waking up and going to practice and, you know, playing games and trying to get noticed by scouts. And, uh, I played some junior and, you know, I had some very success. I had a broken jaw, unfortunately, in uh, grade 12, took a slap shot in practice. So, uh, right, uh, right about here oh, wow. and broke two parts of my jaw. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's hard to say what would have happened, but at that point I was, uh, I was looking at colleges, things like that in the, in the U S and saying, Hey, you know, let's make a go of this. Can we, can we do something? Uh, but, uh, that took me out for, uh, for part of the, the rest of the season. And, uh, and at that point in that summer, you know, the writing I kind of felt was on the wall and uh, was like, you know, are you really going to try and make a go of it? And then, uh, yeah, I felt that the, the answer at that time was I'd be best to focus uh, doing, doing something else. And my parents were like, you know, you should go to university. It's not a bad, not a bad option. They were always kind of pushing that from the beginning, even though they wanted me to kind of keep pursuing my dream on one hand. You know, they sort of said, you know, the safe option is, you know, getting a, getting a degree and trying to set yourself up uh, is best. So, um, yeah, that summer I made the choice. I went to St. FX University uh, way on the other side of Canada, the East Coast in Nova Scotia, and uh, tried out for a couple of teams, get, didn't get my game back, and uh, that, the layoff didn't, uh, didn't serve me well. And, uh, you know, after I got cut a couple times in Nova Scotia, I was like, you know what, maybe it's best to focus on, uh, focus on school. And then uh, that's what I did. And then a couple of years later in my last year of university, uh, without any experience at all, they, uh, they, I sort of expressed interest. I started writing for the school paper, covering some teams. I eventually got to know someone who was uh, uh, deciding about uh, hockey games and things like that. And they said, hey, if you want to do some hockey games or some basketball games, like, you know, we'll take you. And, you know, no worries if you don't have any experience or anything like that. It was pretty lucky uh, looking back on it. They said, we'll even pay you, uh, which is uh, – people trying to break into the industry. There's not a lot of paid stuff out there right now. So um, yeah, all in all, it's uh, one, uh, one passion on the ice transition off the ice. And uh, yeah, a couple of years later, here I am. Awesome. And that's, uh, that's quite the story. That's, that's pretty amazing. So transitioning to uh, your opportunity with the Mississauga Steelheads to do play by play. How did that come to be? What was the, how did the story happen there? How did it get to doing play by play? Is that right? Yes. 
Okay, good. Um, well, I've always really enjoyed that aspect of the game. And I think that goes back to uh, my childhood. Like there was a lot of, like I had a very strict, uh, well, not very strict, but my parents were strict about how much TV and how much computer and how much, like we didn't have a PlayStation or an Xbox when I was growing up. Like, uh, and you know, sort of Friday night was sort of my, like if I want to watch games, uh, you know, Friday night was sort of my time of the week. Like I had an hour, maybe two hours if I was lucky and they weren't paying attention. Uh, so a lot of the time, like when I couldn't watch these hockey games, my parents were like, no, it's a school night, you're going to bed. Uh, I would like sneak a radio up into my room or I had like an old Walkman back in the day. You guys are probably too young for those. Uh, Walkman and you could hook it up. And like, so there's a lot of like listening to radio and listening to Walkmans, like kind of like it was under my pillow where I would like hide under the covers and just like listen to the game. Like I was just that into it. And, you know, I still, still am. I still actually, you know, will listen to games sometimes just like, you know, lying in bed trying to fall asleep. So uh, I've always like really, really enjoyed that part of the game. And, um, you know, when I first started at St. FX, like I still had that tape, um, you know, it wasn't good. There was not, it was not a good, not a good demonstration of when I first started. Uh, so I like to think I've come a long way from them, but, uh, from then, but always a work in progress. And, uh, you know, the great play by play guys will tell you that like, it's just about how many games you do and how much time you put into it, how much time are you going to prepare? And, uh, are you on that day and yeah, painting, a painting a description, especially on radio, which we are at Saga 960 AM. It's, uh, you know, you're essentially the, the eyes of the listener and there's uh, there's a lot of pressure that goes along with that. So. I always try and uh, do my best to paint a picture and bring up the excitement when there is some. And if it's not an exciting game, then find other ways to entertain. Absolutely. 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 That's, that's a really cool story about your Walkman. I do actually remember a Walkman. Nice. I, I really nice. wish, I, honestly, a few days ago, I was thinking about getting one just because I thought, I, thought it was, I think it's a cool concept. But anyway, since we're talking about the game of hockey, uh, just yesterday, the NHL welcomed a new team the Seattle Kraken. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Were you surprised by the name? Because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a pretty different name. Well, uh, I have a couple of times going to Vancouver. It's a pretty different place. And they like to kind of beat, they beat to their own drum out there. So I always had a feeling that Kraken going to be uh, a call there. And like, even with my friends off the record, I was like, I think it's going to be Kraken. And it turned out just, uh, you know, by luck of draw. Uh, it was, you know, the Emeralds were in there or the Metropolitans were the old Seattle team that actually won the Stanley Cup uh, back in 1917 before the was even created. So that was my other one. And I know that Seattle did some branding and they called their like VIP section, the Metropolitan Club. So I was like, that could be, that could be an option uh, as well. But yeah, really excited to have uh, another team on the West Coast. I mentioned my Vancouver roots. So I think that uh, fans on the West Coast of Canada are going to have a geographical rival right away um yeah i like the, i like the i like the name kraken you know i think that uh there's most most nicknames end with s you know the uh, the maple leafs or the oilers or the flames or whatever you want to do uh, tigers etc um you know i think that they uh they wanted to uh you know make a uh have a name that uh, reflected the maritime culture of the west coast and uh you know i think the jerseys look pretty sharp uh sharp as well so uh yeah, overall, I'm, I'm, I've heard some people really hate it, but I think that most people are pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, fan, pretty big fans of it so far. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be uh, – that's, that's probably one of my favorite jerseys that I've seen so far. 
looks like it's going to be a pretty good one. Um, looking to yeah, absolutely. Looking to when they start playing, that's going to be amazing. Um, touching back on preparation a little bit that you were saying earlier for the games. What kind of preparation do you have to do ahead of time? Uh, maybe how much time do you give yourself before the games to kind of get everything together? Yeah, preparation is a big one for sure. And uh, at the uh, the beginning of my career, uh, like when I was doing games for St. FX and, 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 you know, moving up and I did a, did a year with the Oakville Blades. And like, I really learned a lot about like what it takes uh, to prepare. Like it's not just printing out a lineup card and go into the stadium and be like yeah number 26 is uh you know player x and that's all you really need to know so uh like reaching out to uh a lot of people have been very generous with their time with me like you know big name broadcasters in canada and the u.s and uh and you know just chatting with them learning how they prepare you sort of realize like hey like if we're gonna make a go at this like you're gonna have to you know step step it up and put in some more time and I think that my time at CBC has also really helped uh, that as well as they have such a rich sports coverage, you know, they, they won't let you on, on the, you know, they know that you're, uh, you're ready. And, you know, thankfully I, when I came in the door, I realized that and was able to, um, you know, do what was necessary. So I think that like when it comes to hockey games, it's all about, it's all about trying to tell stories, right? Like these, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people and even fans that really know who these are. Uh, you know, do we, do we know, you know, those, those guys, are, you know, are, are looking to make names for themselves and, uh, you know, guys that are looking to get drafted like Ula, they are going to be big. So you're sort of the first one in there uh, to sort of tell their story. You get to see them at a junior hockey level. You get to talk to them. You're, you're with them on the bus. Uh, you know, those, uh, those are key relationships and those really help you prepare as well. So I would say like, for a game, I usually put in, I would say probably depending on what it is, but if it's, it's uh, I would say anywhere from four to four to eight hours, I would say per, per game, depending on, depending on what the situation is. Like if I know the team, like if it's, we're seeing the Sudbury Wolves for the sixth time this year, then, you know, uh, you, you, you're kind of focusing more on the, the secondary stories, right? What else here? So, I would say that's sort of the strategy, but I really found like this year when we've been we're actually traveling with the team for the first time in Mississauga, like I've learned a lot and I've really learned to add to my, my broadcast uh, with that, just about what, uh, you know, what they're doing, what they like to do away from the, away from the rink, how they practice, how they work out, how they eat, how they sleep. Like it could be, you know, could be all sorts of different things. So, um, yeah. I think the, I think I'd like to do more of that and, and more tell more of the human side of the stories rather than just, you know, they have 12 in the last eight games and they're, they're playing well. That's certainly a part of the story, but uh, there, there's uh, a lot more to discover. And, you know, sometimes you just, you can't do that typing on a computer at home. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, as you just said, um, you were able for the first time this year, you were able to travel with the team to cover their away games. Um, how much personally to you is that like, like how much of an advantage is it? to be able to, you know, talk to these guys, you know, at, like at, ask them direct questions, you know, maybe about, maybe, just maybe about more of the human side of hockey, like you said, besides, oh, how do you feel for this game? Or how, you know, like how many points are you going to get, you know, typical, you know, t typical questions like, do you find that as, 
do you find as an advantage for you? Uh, for sure. Yeah. Like I've gotten to know the team uh, a lot better and uh, you know, we would have liked to have traveled uh, before in the past, but just uh, you know, the resources were never there. So that's a big uh, tip of the cap to a saga nine sixty AM, you know, uh, providing all 68 games because there's been hockey for a long time. This is saga, but I think that last year was the, we didn't get to 68 games with the pandemic. Unfortunately, we got to about 61 and uh, 61. And uh, anyway, that was the first time that Mississauga fans have had that kind of coverage. And if you go back a couple of years ago, there was actually no coverage at all when there was a bit of a gap between radio and the TV coverage. So, you know, things have come a long way uh, in a hurry. And I think that's, that's for, uh, for hockey fans in Peel region. And uh, I've certainly experienced a lot of like interaction coming back to me. And uh, yeah, Jerry's personally all that to say, like, I'm just around the team a lot more, right? Like, you know, if you're if we're on a road trip like let's say we're going to peterborough for a seven o'clock game like we're we're at we're in mississauga at the at the paramount fine food center at about two o'clock right you know they're to warm up i'm getting my last minute notes printed out doing some prep or talking with an assistant coach or jr head coach gm uh, and uh, it's great you know you get to learn so much about them because a lot of the guys like i'll use uh ula bjork again like he's in north america um, Canada for the first time I know he played for a year and it's a big change so like what's he what's he going through what's his billet family like what does he how does he keep in touch with his fans in Norway coming over to smaller ice here how has he been able to sort of change uh, his game so those sort of conversations start to get um, you know really years that are, are on NHL radars like you can just tell like you know their confidence level is growing and growing throughout the season. Like James Hardy is a great example of that. Like a great rookie season, scored 15 goals, but then, you know, is up in the 34 category in his second year. Like you could just tell like his game really took a big step and, you know, confidence grew once, once the NHL scouts started, started to look, uh, look into him. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs like there are uh, with any hockey and, uh, you know, with teenagers, the ups and downs, the swing is maybe a little bit bigger than some of the leagues, but uh, it certainly creates for a lot of excitement. So, uh, yeah, really hoping that uh, we can get back going in the fall again and, uh, and telling more of those uh, great stories and exciting stuff coming up with uh, Saga 960 with regards to player profiles and just adding more coverage. Absolutely. And uh, so there have been a lot of, speaking of the ups and ups and downs in hockey, there have been a lot of great games this season, this past season, there have been some not so great ones. Um, but if you had to pick a favorite game and this has to be, this can be any season that you've ever done it. Um, what would be your favorite game that you ever called? Oh man. Favorite game that I ever called. Um, it was a good one this year. I wasn't there, unfortunately. Um, uh, for this one, but there was a there was a game this year. I think this was the game of the year. It was against Kitchener, where the uh, Steelheads were down. Uh, I believe it was four to one in the third period. Our, our daughter was uh, born that weekend, so I was like in the maternity leave. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, anyway, so I was watching. Uh, I was listening to the call actually on uh, on my phone, and uh, that was that sounded like a great game. And uh, I know there was a lot of special causes there uh, as well. The Steelheads were sponsoring a young man and wanted. Uh, in overtime on a Cole Schwinn hat trick. So I think that was the game of the year. This year, even though I wasn't there, would have loved to have been there, but Victor Finley did a great job on that call. Uh, I think that probably my favorite games go back into the 2017 season where the Steelheads made their run to the OHL final. 
uh, that was exciting, you know, and Ray, you know, you kind of knew that year just with the team that they had, you know, Mikey McLeod was the captain, Nate Bastion was on the team, um, you know, the, uh, as well on the back end. And, um, you know, there was a, there was a double OT game in the, uh, in the, um, was the Eastern final against Peterborough. I was on color commentary ice level at the time for Rogers TV and uh, the Steelheads won it in double OT. And I was, you know, they knew you know, they were, they went up three, nothing at that point. They, you know, you knew they, they were going to be going to the OHL final at that point. That was, that was pretty neat just to be between the benches and just seeing the reaction of the team as that was a real swing game uh, in the series as well. Uh, another game that stands out, it was the year prior Really good first round series against the Barry Colts. That was the Alexander Nylander year when he was uh, with his dad, uh, Michael Nylander with the Steelheads. He was an electric player to, to cover again. And the Steelheads, um, they ended up losing that series in seven games to Barry. Uh, but boy, they pushed, they were the seven seed and Barry was the two seed. They really pushed the Colts hard that year. And um, I remember one game, it went to, went to double, double overtime. Again, I was ice level for, uh, for color commentary and uh, the craziest of scenarios in double overtime. Uh, there's a breakaway. We think that the steelheads have scored, but, uh, but um, the player runs into the goalie and the net comes off. The goalie is hurt. So they bring their backup goalie in and double overtime. And the very first shot uh, once he got in the net was sort of a bang shot from behind the net went off his skated in and that's how the steelheads won that game and uh that was just a crazy turnover that i'll, I'll always remember uh yeah C calling overtime hockey in the playoffs you know i'm really sad we didn't get to get a get to do that this year because i was really excited about the steelheads heading into the postseason but uh you know i'd say those three games the kitchener game the peterborough game from uh, the ohl uh final run and then that uh that series against barry you know that was my first ohl playoff series and man that was a lot of fun Absolutely, that's that's really really cool. Um, especially like especially those when they were incredibly competitive, always making fairly deep playoff runs. And like you said, twenty seventeen, absolutely electric. Um, you mentioned your broadcast partner, Victor Finley. You you guys have brought have brought broadcasted over a lot of games, and specifically this past or you know you know stuff like that. Uh, it was pretty, pretty smooth. I mean, I, I had known uh, Victor for a couple of years uh, leading up to, uh, leading up to uh, Mississauga. And, uh, you know, he had certainly made a name for himself covering university U sports uh, with Ryerson. And, you know, he, he had a really unique opportunity is that, uh, that uh, Ryerson has a great technical setup and they produce all their own games. And it looks like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a professional broadcast and Victor did a great job of becoming the youth sports hockey guy, I'd say in Canada. Uh, so right then and there, like, you know, he, he knew his stuff. So obviously youth sports is sort of the next level after junior hockey. If you're not drafted by an NHL club, a lot of the players will go to youth sports. So he actually knew junior hockey and the OHL particularly well, because he would see a lot of guys that played um, junior hockey transfer over into youth sports. So he, uh, he really knew the game, uh, the game well and then started he started doing some freelance work at cbc so i started to get to know him uh, a little bit better then and covered the peets the year before uh this year so again we crossed past a couple of times and uh, there was a shake-up in there was a shake-up in peterborough and um uh, and it looked like he was going to be out of the picture there for a little while uh and uh so you know once once we saw that that you know we had an opportunity to 
uh, to get a quality uh, quality broker uh, to come and help us out. Um, you know, the, the, the team reached out to me and, you know, what do you think about Victor? And, uh, you know, they had their eye on him clearly for a little while. So, um, yeah, I, I did, didn't, uh, you know, Victor, Victor earned that job himself. That's, uh, that's, that's for sure. And I think that once we got, to, got onto the air, like he knows the game really well from a play-by-play side. So that really compliments when he does color commentary. And then I did color commentary for a couple of years uh, before shifting to radio. And, um, you know, so we both, we both know the games from both sides. And uh, we, you know, we, we knew that we needed some help uh, this year schedule-wise. And, uh, you know, Victor's, uh, Victor's a guy that says yes to a lot of things. When he's available, you can count on him to be, uh, to be, to be there and to do a really good job. So, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a real key for young broadcasters is, uh, you know, it's not always – there's a lot of pressure involved. And if, um, you know, to say yes to – odd assignments and then maybe you know you don't really know where this is going to leave you but i remember when i started out you know what you know can you can you do can you cover this uh this sport can you cover volleyball can you cover track and field uh you know stuff you're like well i don't really know too much about this can you cover indycar that happened to me last summer you know can you step outside of your comfort zone and say yes and uh you know in my case i'd always try and say yes as much as possible and i think that victor's the uh Victor's the same. So yeah, his, his experience leading up to Mississauga, plus uh, the fact that we both knew all the elements the broadcast, we both done some, some real, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a good mix and uh, we're looking forward to keeping that going. Absolutely. That's with you guys just personally as a fan and um, getting to, uh, getting to stay, stay next to you guys for a couple of games. So that was a, a really cool experience to see. You guys are doing some great work there. And hopefully you guys can continue in, in the fall. Um, last, last question for you about the Steelheads. Um, they had a pretty good draft, mm-hmm. at least I think. They had a very, very good draft. They got scoring in Zach Lavoie and Carson Christie, and they got a really good two-way, two-way centerman in Owen Beck. How do you feel the Steelheads will do, in your opinion, as a hockey fan next season? Well, I think they're really moving into, uh, you know, we saw what they could do a couple of years ago when we went to the OHL and you have really good leaders on the team. Uh, you know, those guys like Mike McLeod and Nathan Bastion. And if you go down the lineup, they had Stefan LeBlanc uh, there as well. Those were really solid core guys. And that really pushed the younger guys on the team to better and I think that we're approaching your old year like Cole Schwint and Kean Wash correct of Nick Canaddy as an overager James Hardy moving into another year he can put the puck in the back of the net you know Kai Edmonds will be an overager this year in net for Mississauga that's what I mean all the ingredients are there to have a really good season in Mississauga and I remember talking to James Richmond uh, the head coach and GM of the Steelheads about the chances for next year and he said you know i think that we could have a couple of 100 point guys and the steelheads have never had a 100 point guys before uh and they've come close a couple times owen tippett had some good years but they've never had 100 point guys uh in their uh in their history so i think that you know during his confidence in doing things were going and now you add what the you know the the rookie class here and i had a chance to talk with what earlier on this year 
you know, he's a guy that could put the, you know, he was a high first round pick. They had their eye on him. They said, ah, we don't think, you know, we're picking seventh. He might not, might not be around. And then when he was, the team was just ecstatic about that. And I think that, you know, goal scoring was what the Steelheads were missing last year. You know, there was a good stretch in there, especially at the start of the season where Victor and I would be saying, you know, they got us, they can't, you can't get by on two, one, three goals a game. Like it's just not going to win the majority of those games. It's just too much pressure on your defense and goaltending. And we moved in November, December, and January, and we saw what this team could do rolling at their full potential when the goals were coming fast and furious. And then towards the end of the season, you know, there was a couple of weekends which were a little bit slower, but overall we sort of saw it average out. And if you can add just a little extra punch in there, uh, and I think that's what the Steelheads did with their draft this year. They got some very talented offensive guys. They've always been a back-end team first, protect the net, take care of the blue line, and the rest will sort of take care of itself. You know, now they've got some – there's another cycle on the verge here in Mississauga, and I really hope that, uh, you know, we get back to playing sports here with the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I think that there'll be a lot of exciting times in Mississauga this year going ahead. I'm really looking forward personally to next season. It looks like it's going to be quite the team that we've, that we've got coming. Um, it'll, it'll be pretty interesting. Now, before we kind of wrap it up, I have uh, one last question for you, Matt. If you had – one or two pieces of advice to give to someone who's looking to get into uh, sports radio, what would they be? Oh man. Well, uh, you know, there's uh, you can go a long way, uh, go away with this for sure. But um, yeah, if uh, I would say that if you're starting out, like know what you're, know what you're getting into. I think that uh, when I was first starting out, like I think you can easily be, um, not tricked, but uh, you maybe don't have the full image. Like when you see the bright lights, the TV, you go to an NHL game, like, oh, they're the on-camera guys or they're the guys and there's the technical crew or same football, um, you know, or any other professional sport. Like, it, you know, those, those jobs are hard to get. Those jobs, people work a long time. You know, you need to catch some, uh, you need to catch breaks to get there for sure. You know, there's uh meet and you're prepared that's kind of where the meeting uh the meeting is but uh, i think you you know people got to know what they're what they're getting into it's a competitive industry there's a lot of people that want in uh, you know even people that have been doing it a long time like there's just no there's no you'll be doing the call next year so you know and and, uh, i've already doing this for a couple years i've already been laid off a couple times and, uh, you know, those are, those are hard conversations, but it's about how do you respond and how do you have thick skin? How do you get back in the game? And there are room for people. Uh, there is room in the industry for people that are good. And I really believe that, even though there's maybe not as much, uh, you know, newspaper coverage as there used to be, but there's a lot more online stuff. Like you guys are doing it with this podcast. Like that's great. That's a great start. Like you're producing your own content from your own houses. And that's, uh, you know, that's new, that's new relatively. Right. So you know, people that work hard and have talent and, uh, and the sad reality of it right now is that for people starting out, uh, there's just not a lot of, not a lot of paid gig. And, uh, even for the steelheads, I was doing that uh, on my own time for a couple of years, same when I did the Oakville blades junior a. So, uh, you really got to love it. Like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you go into it for the money and you think, and I want to make six figures here, uh, by, you know, by the time I'm 20 or 25, like, you know, might happen and I hope it does, but uh, I don't know if you're in it for the right reasons. Uh, you got to do it because you really love it and uh, you want to tell stories and you want to meet people and make great connections. And then uh, the lastly, last thing, once you've done all of that is how do you grow? And a lot of that is networking. And 
sounds like you guys are doing a lot of that too. So that's great. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in this industry have been very kind to me. They've offered their time to give advice, you know, and it's, there's a, it's a competitive industry. There's lots of people that are asking for jobs and a lot of people that, uh, you know, that want to move up. But, um, you know, a few people have been very kind with their time and have provided some advice. And uh, next thing you know, maybe there's an opportunity down the road, uh, down the road somewhere. That's how I got into Mississauga it was with uh, Ali Monroe. And it was, uh, I'll tell a quick story. It was a, uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. game uh, back in 2014. And uh, it was a Steelhead-Sudbury Wolves game. The Steelheads were ninth. The Wolves were 10th. Both teams were out of the playoffs. And, uh, and uh, the opportunity came up to, to call this game. And, uh, and, um, and uh, you know, that sounds amazing. This is what I really want to do. And uh, then I got a call like the, 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 the night before saying, you know what, actually, you know what, Matt, we're good. We, we've got enough people. Like, I think, you know, call you next time. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I've prepared for this game. Like I really, you know, is there anything I can do to help out? Like I'll do sideline reporting. I'll do color. I'll do play by play. Um, you know, I just, I really want to be in, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, okay, fine. You know, we can figure something out. We can figure something out. And it was turned out to be a great game. Um, even though it was two non-playoff teams, the Steelheads were down three, one after two people that came back, uh, came back and won on a Brandon Devlin slap shot from the point. Uh, four to three and uh, that call I was on play-by-play for that call became my lead shot on a televised OHL game that all of a sudden just because I was in the right place at the right time I got a call and um, said yes pursued it and uh, and said you know I want really want to take this you know it worked out and uh Remember that summer, the Steelheads were saying, okay, we're going to make a shift broadcast team. We're going to move, uh, we're going to switch things up. And I got word of that uh, through Ali Monroe, who I worked with at this, uh, the Steelheads game. And, uh, you know, my tape was in the hands of the right people at the Steelheads organization. And really, you know, it could have gone, could have gone the other way. I could have just hung up the phone and said, you know, uh, maybe next time might not have been a next time. Right. So, uh, be persistent and, uh, networking is, uh, is key, uh, no matter what stage you are in your career. And that's amazing. Matt, well, I wanted to thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us this afternoon. It's quite an amazing opportunity to get you here this afternoon. Um, thank you so much for joining hey, us. Thank, uh, and, thank you guys. And we'd love to have you back. Feel free to call anytime. You, uh, you, know, uh, you know where I am and uh, have uh, certainly some time now that we're all at home. But uh, hopefully I can see you guys uh, back at the rink. Uh, hopefully there'll be some, uh, some hockey to call and announce and uh, to be a fan of uh, in the fall. Uh, we're all hoping that's, uh, that's the case and we can do it safely.